station today at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. I'm a wolf. You run to the wolf with me. That don't make you no lamb. You're going to marry my brother. Why you want to sell your life short? Playing it safe is just about the most dangerous thing a woman like you can do. I mean, you waited for the right man the first time. Why didn't you wait for the right man again? Because he didn't come. I'm here. You're late. This is your place. That's right. So this is where we were going. Yeah. You know, we had a deal. You told me if I came with you to the opera, then, then you'd leave me alone forever. And I came with you. Now, I'm going to marry your brother, and you're going to leave me alone forever. Right? A person can, can see where they've messed up in their life, and they can change the way they do things, and they can even change their luck. So maybe, maybe my nature does draw me to you. That don't mean I have to go with it. I can take hold of myself, and I can say yes to some things and no to other things that are going to ruin everything. I can do that. Otherwise, you know what? What good is this stupid life that God gave us? I mean, for what? Are you listening to me? Yeah. Everything seems like nothing to me now. I guess I want you in my bed. I don't care if I burn in hell. I don't care if you burn in hell. The past and the future is a, a joke to me now. I see that they're nothing. I see they ain't here. The only thing that's here is you and me. I want to go home. No. I'm going to go home. No. I'm freezing to death. Come upstairs. I don't care why you come. No, that's not what I mean. Loretta, I love you. Not, not like they told you love is. And I didn't know this either. But love don't make things nice. It ruins everything. It breaks your heart. It makes things a mess. We, we aren't here to make things perfect. Snowflakes are perfect. Stars are perfect. Not us. Not us. We are here to ruin ourselves and, and to break our hearts and love the wrong people and, and die. Your internet radio dial is in the perfect position, and Race to the Bottom is on the air. Time to sit back and enjoy some refreshing Winslow tea. Try it hot, lukewarm, or over ice. Have it with milk and sugar, or a lemon wedge, or oh natural. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Now that's Winslow tea. A New York City tradition since 1872. Ask for it by name at the tea house or your local greengrocer. Because that's how you know it's Winslow.
What in the heck, man? All right, hold on. Need some music up in here. You do a, a perfect transition. What about now? What about now? I want to listen on this. On this guy now. This computer. There we go. Hey. From the Winslow T broadcast booth in Overcast, Bushwick, Brooklyn, I'm John Reed. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and this is Race to the Bottom, baby. Hey. CD skips, but I'm straight. Who said that? I was Ice Cube on Bop Gun, and that's how I feel right now. I don't know why that didn't play on here. And by it, I mean instrumental excerpts from La Boheme. La Boheme? La Boheme. Puccini. And why are we playing that? Because we heard uh, the, the monologue that everybody loves. From Moonstruck. Watch that uh, again with my wife. It's her favorite movie, and and it's it's uh, it's going up on my list each with each viewing. You know what else is going up on my list with with each experience is Winslow tea, and I'm I'm drinking it now. Hmm, I can't slurp it because it's in my thermos but you can slurp and you can hashtag slurp to enhance and steep into the conversation why don't you thank you thank you as always to Winslow T for your uh, kind consideration and sponsoring this and every monologue here on Race to the Bottom setting it off like Vivica A. Fox ripping in a running Especially, that's fun when people say especially, especially when it comes to mayoral may, which is what we're in the midst of in this beautiful month. They say April showers bring May flowers, but (laughs) if you're watching the weather here in New York City, April showers bring more May showers, (laughs) right? But uh, it's okay. No, no, no need to get all bent out of shape about it. Cry all you want. You'll pee less later. Got that from who said that? I think it was um, Carrie Fisher's mom in Postcards from the Edge. Cry all you want. You'll pee less later. I'm sure she didn't make that up, though. That's been running through uh, colloquial society for a long time now. So, we're going to do something that we, we call May Oral May. Continuing, we had Rachel C. on the program last week. 
This week we've got Joanna Perpich from Crime Talk BK. I'm going to bring her on in a, in a couple minutes here. And we're, we're still trying to break down. There's eight Democratic candidates on the, on the ballot. Well, I think there's more on the ballot, but as far as the main the main squeezes, they've uh, polling and and conventional wisdom has narrowed it down to to eight Democratic candidates. And here's the thing, guys: people are like, "Why are what, John? Why are you doing this in May? Elections aren't until the fall." And I'm and I would say to this straw man that I've created, I'd say I understand that usually elections are in the fall, but this is New York City, baby. And um, unlike in the era of, of Giuliani or Bloomberg, we've kind of shifted to a deep blue, to like a cobalt blue. And basically the whoever wins the the Democratic primary is going to be mayor. I don't think that guy, uh, Curtis Sliwa, is going to uh, be the mayor. That's a, that's one of the main Republican guys. If you used to watch, that guy's been on on like on Fox News and before that, just crazy like talk shows for forty years. He, he it's like garden guardian angel. He wears a beret. You know that guy, Curtis Sliwa. He's a real piece of work. He's not going to win. One of these eight Democrats are going to win. And we're breaking it down and we're trying to make it as fun as possible and interesting as possible because we got to get to the polls and do rank choice voting. How exciting is that? You get to you get to choose your top five in order. And if um, you know, if, if your first choice doesn't meet the threshold for votes your vote goes to your second person and if that person doesn't meet the threshold you're picking a bunch of losers goes to your third one right until it locks in at uh, at somebody you pick that that meets the threshold and your vote goes to that person so you can vote for the the people who you really uh think are the best we should do rank choice voting um all over the country for every election, maybe. Um, and it's like they say, as as goes New York, goes the world, right? So m- maybe this is a harbinger of good things. Can you have harbingers of... Usually people say harbinger of doom. But maybe you can have a harbinger of a good thing. So we're going to bring on Joanna and talk, and we're going to take your phone calls. Um, So I don't forget about this. Let me do this now. The show is sponsored by cityrunningtours.com slash New York City. Run around the city and and learn its history. Why don't you? Um, And and they they help us out um, paying paying the lighting. I think they pay for the light, the light uh, bill. And the the water bill. I don't know what they pay for. But check them out. And if you're listening to this on your computer, you can download the app. It works great for your iPhone or your Android. Uh, you can pop on by the, the website also. 
and uh, check out all these other great shows. Got Crime Talk BK coming up next. We've got Queer State of Mind, which I'm finally, uh, you know, I don't know why. I think I f- would do my show and I'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm tired. But I've been coming home and putting on Queer State of Mind as well as Crime Talk. And, and it's, man, that's a funny, good show. So uh, just keep it, keep your dial locked. If you like what you hear and hear what you like, that's what Kent Corrin says, uh, whose show is before mine. It's called mothers of connection and it's a frank zappa based show and i started watching the frank zappa documentary last night and i think i have some stuff to talk to kent about about frank zappa i just put my cards on the table not a huge frank zappa fan but kent can uh, deal with that i want to talk to him about some stuff that i noticed in the documentary so i'm going to try to get kent on the show uh, maybe in not in May or May, but in Jolly June or whatever the hell alliterative thing we're going to do with that. In the background, as always, we're hearing Bremer and McCoy. And, and if, if you were listening last week, you know I wrote, wrote to these guys' manager. And I thought it was a really nice email trying to get them on the show. They have not responded. So mark it on your calendar. That's one week. Uh one week down where we haven't heard back we're, we're gonna mount a pressure campaign on them um okay so let me do this fade this out um I got other stuff I could talk about but I want to get into this because we with when we tried to do uh, the show last week and, and talk about these eight candidates with with Rachel, it wasn't enough time. I gave a half an hour. That was not enough time. So we're, we're at about 45 minutes here. I think that's going to be about right. Uh, but let's clear the air with some music, and then we'll bring on Joanna. And, oh, and your phone calls, if you would like to call in, the phone number is 718-673-8201. That's 718 718- Six seven three eight two zero one. If you want to talk about uh, your questions, but surface your questions about these candidates and about the race. Um, another movie that we rewatched was Rachel Getting Married. Um, I rewatched it, and my wife watched it for the first time. And uh, Rachel is Anne Hathaway's sister. She's the one getting married. Anne Hathaway's in in recovery in the movie, but Rachel is getting married to this guy played by the singer of TV on the radio. And I hadn't thought about them in a while. And I liked their album, Dear Science. And I was blasting it about this time, 10 uh, decade ago. And this was my favorite song on the record. It's called Love Dog. This is Race to the Bottom. Back with Mayoral May, Joanna Perpich, and your phone calls. Race to the Bottom.
Yeah, TV on the radio, that holds up, I'd say. You know what else holds up is Crime Talk BK and its host or co-host, Joanna Perpich. Is that a mic working there? Let's try it. Good morning. Oh, yes, it is. How's it going? It's great. It's really wonderful being back in the studio. Um, Now that everyone's vaccinated, uh, I am here in person. Yes. Not over my janky Skype connection. It's very exciting. So let's uh, let's dive into this uh, to this thing here. Um, I we we talked. We kind of went through the candidates last week and kind of uh, got our feet wet with with Rachel on on the race. Um, I'm interested, uh, Joanna, in, in your big picture, and then also um, I posted this on the socials yesterday, but. There's this narrative also in the campaign of you basically, it's a very contra, it feels very contradictory. I'm not sure how these two sides can really be brought together. There's, there's this, um, you know, because of everything that's happened this past year with, with, uh, George Floyd and, and Breonna Taylor and, uh, kind of reawakening of, of our idea of, of criminal justice. And it's excesses, the uh, excesses of the NYPD. There's there's a progressive case for for kind of defund or 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 even abolition um, or at least major reform of of um, the NYPD and the criminal justice system. And then on on kind of on the other side of that, um, you have uh, Eric Adams, who in some polls is now beating Yang, uh, who is a um, fascinating guy um who is a former policeman he's the brooklyn borough president and he's really been i wasn't sure how he was going to position himself in this race but he's really been talking up um this situation of crime in new york city gun violence gang violence and he um Far be it from wanting to defund, he he's going in there with like a like criminal ju- uh, like a uh, you know let's get them kind of vibe. Um, so I'm interested in your thoughts on that and the race in general and all these candidates. So um, what do you think? Uh, well, it's a huge topic and uh, it's hard to uh, break it down into too much detail just because. Uh, Basically, all politicians, when they're running, um, their platforms that they're putting out into the world tend to be um, a little bit idealistic and perhaps a bit vague. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing that I was really noticing, um, and this speaks to your division mm-hmm. in terms of how to approach criminal justice, uh, you know, uh, do we defund, which is a word that is quite controversial. Yes. Uh, or do we focus on cutting down on violence? And I think that all candidates, uh, to a degree, want like a mix of the spirit of these things. Um, but it really feels like there's this contrast between kind of the old way of being in politics and of, um, 
trying to solve these criminal justice issues. And then the um, newer way that has come out of these protests over the summer and the work of activists over many years. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that we're really starting to see where these two things diverge. Uh, But I think that the first thing that we should talk about uh, would be uh, what does defunding actually mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, There's so much misconceptions. Yeah. So um, I think when some people hear the word defund, they're like, so what? A zero, but, you know, zero line item budget for the uh, police. And maybe part of the issue with defund is that it's it's um it's very strident it's a very strident word it's kind of uh reallocation right and investment in community projects or the idea that um police are shouldn't be called and uh for traffic stops or for just uh you know domestic disputes or you know you'd you'd have community workers or, or, you know, a a broader range of. Yeah, we're just asking, or I guess I'm kind of on the defund the police side, uh, but the police are just asked to do so many things. And Mm -hmm. if this were any other job, like we don't ask doctors to do 5 billion things, you know, we don't ask them to try to like, solve homelessness and mental health issues and perform surgery, you know, and that's kind of what like the police have become a catch all for uh, underfunded social programs. Yeah. You know, and this leads to like bloated jails and all sorts of problems um, along with um, more police shootings because people who are say in a mental health crisis cannot follow directions. Um, And I mean, like as far as the candidates go, Basically, across the board, everybody does want to um, invest in communities. Yes. You know, everyone wants uh, stronger mental health care. You know, people uh, want you to feel more secure in your life and your jobs, and they want you to feel safe. Uh, But you have uh, people like Eric Adams Uh, who, as you're saying, is very interesting because he is a black man who grew up here. He has, like, experienced police brutality himself. Uh, He also became a cop and has worked really hard to change the culture of the NYPD from within. Mm -hmm. And he, at the end of the day, does think that the police are the answer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. so just to to fill in a look, because I re-listened to uh, Eric Adams on the way here. He was on on Fresh Air, and this was about this time last year. And he related his his experience. He was fifteen or sixteen, and his brother uh, he and his brother uh, were picked up for trespassing, which he admits that the criminal trespassing, um, and they were booked and taken to the station. And then the uh, the cops uh, there filling out the paperwork said you ready for a beatdown and he thought they were joking but they weren't and they were taken into a back room and repeatedly uh kicked uh in the groin uh and um uh, were uh 
extremely affected by it. Eric Adams says in in the interview that he he feels like his brother still is as an adult now 40 50 years later his his brother is is still experiencing mental health issues because of that day. Um and the fact that this that was kind of his story of how he decided to become a cop and kind of change it from the inside is is fascinating. So he's uh, he's a um, ball of contradictions for sure. He talks in this interview about how he um, would often um, during the day go out to protests against stop and frisk, and then put his uniform on and and uh, be um, the police presence at that same protest in the evenings. Right. So and I'll. I'll put my cards on the table when I was looking for a candidate who I thought might be able to uh, rein in some of the NYPD's abuses. um, I thought maybe Eric Adams was the guy to do it. And I've been really surprised hearing his rhetoric on the campaign trail where he's just uh, um, painting this picture of a city on in flames, um, which I'm not totally sure is borne out by the, by the data. Yeah, it's not justified. At least I don't think so. Yeah. Um Yeah, so I mean crime is definitely up uh compared to last year and I think that we're having the highest spike in crime in like the past decade. Yes. Which is very concerning for sure. Uh but also we are in unprecedented times in so many ways. And uh, so going back to this um, kind of two-sided approach to policing and to criminal justice, um, the COVID pandemic um, has is just brought instability to a lot of neighborhoods that were already kind of unstable. And of course, these are the neighborhoods that are going to be more affected by gun violence, by crime, by over-policing. And... Uh, so, I mean, from what I've read and then also my personal opinion, the main things that are causing this spike in violence has more to do with the fact that kids aren't in school um, and then you're being separated from your community who would otherwise be giving you support to kind of help you and then also prevent you from doing crime that's all been taken away. Like there's a ton of these like youth programs that have been set up around New York to prevent like gang violence and to keep kids off the streets. And of course those have been closed down because of COVID. Um, so then I think that, um, and actually I have a stat here that I found very striking. I'm just trying to find, um, that, basically says that, uh, let me see, it's like 95 to uh, 97% of New Yorkers who've been arrested and charged the crime in 2020 were not rearrested for another crime mm-hmm. while they were awaiting their trial. And of course, this is a very long process, you know, and people are trying to be kept out of jails. So these are people who are like on the streets who are choosing to not commit another crime, which to me at least indicates that these are people who uh, 
These are like either like opportunistic crimes or like crimes of despair. Um, and that uh, these folks wouldn't have done it in another mm-hmm. circumstance. So yeah, the the I looked at at some of these statistics as well. The there is a yeah, like a decade um, the the highest crime rate in a decade in New York City. But it's a similar spike all around the country as well. And, and it's all tied, like you said, uh, to COVID. An interesting thing. Uh, so I've been listening a lot of my, um, understanding of the different candidates. I just ha- I have to give a, a shout out. I, I listen to Brian Lair pretty regularly. Um, and he's been having all of the candidates on in succession. <clears throat> and when, Eric Adams was on there. Someone called in about defund, and his argument uh, is is also interesting. He's from Brownsville, which um, is you know a historically um, black neighborhood, and which is a pretty high crime area. Uh, it in in his narrow well in most people's uh, point of view, but Eric Adams says you know. Uh, if you want to talk about defund the police, try telling that to somebody from East New York or Brownsville, right? He's, he's basically, he's reaching out to black and brown people and saying, I know you guys want police in your neighborhoods. I guess reaching out to the older folks in those neighborhoods who would vote for him, right? Uh, he's also saying that the def- the defund movement and the police reform movement has been hij- hijacked by white people uh, who don't have to worry about crime in their neighborhoods, which is a pretty interesting, I'm not sure, a totally true narrative, but that's uh, kind of what he has to say about that. I guess my question for him would be, if you're looking at the potential reasons why crime has escalated over the past year, which seems to indicate it's because of quality of life issues, Um, and lack of opportunity, I don't really know how a law and order candidate, how their platform is going to address that. Mm -hmm. And then on the other end, you have, um, you have someone like Diane Morales, Mm -hmm. who wants to take $3 billion from the NYPD's budget and reinvest it in community programs. You know, I mean... (laughs) They're just such polar opposites, mm-hmm. but I can't help but think that uh, the like Morales and Scott Stringer and Maya, Maya Wiley, who are all more in the defund camp, mm-hmm. I feel like they're on to something because, uh, you know, like arresting criminals is only going to be solving that like one specific case. If you want to... Um, really cut down on violence across the board. I think that you have to get to the root as to why people are committing crimes in the first place. And um, a lot of times, and there's like evidence to show this, it's because of instability in some other part of their lives. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, like adding more counselors to school, which is uh, one of Wiley's suggestions, uh, might help cut down on say gun violence because you have kids with PTSD who are now getting treatment, Mm -hmm. you know, or you have uh, these 
kind of mental health ambulances who are being sent out on calls instead of the NYPD who can better de-escalate a situation with someone who's in crisis. So Morales, who you mentioned, is the only candidate of the eight who's comfortable using the term defund. Um, Wiley is probably the next. She did, she is, shies away from the term defund, but basically a lot of her programs look very similar. She also wants to do a complete top-to-bottom audit of the NYPD's budget. Um, and Scott Stringer as, as well kind of uh, speaks that language. Like we mentioned last week, there are um, uh, sexual assault um, accusations against uh, Stringer, which have lost him uh, quite a few of his progressive endorsements. Uh, He uh, maintains that his relationship was consensual, and there's been some uh, contradictory reporting about some of it, but um, nevertheless, a lot of people feel like he's pretty, uh, his candidacy is pretty wounded. Um, what do you, do you have thoughts about that whole situation? With Scott Stringer? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, that's not great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that might be like a mortal wound Yeah. to his campaign, um, especially given that we've been hearing about Cuomo for a few months now. Yes. And uh, we want something different. We want something better. We want our politicians to be people that we can actually look up to. We want them to be leaders. And uh, I think that like the boys club is hopefully starting to wane. Um, so from the beginning, um, I personally would really want to vote for like a person of color, preferably mm-hmm. a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, it is important to have different voices in politics, especially when it comes to something like criminal justice and um, trying to solve uh, issues that allow for poverty, Mm -hmm. you know, because, I mean, Eric Adams is right in saying that a lot of people who are weighing in on criminal justice and police reform probably don't actually have to deal with the day-to-day issues. You know, I mean, I certainly yeah. don't. Yeah. And um, I do think that we need more people who are part of those communities in power. So a uh, quick story, and then um, let's play some music and, and gather our thoughts, and maybe uh, if people want to call in, and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll finish up. Um, I'm here with with Joanna Perpich from Crime Talk BK, whose show's on next, uh, talking about uh, the mayoral uh, uh, race that basically is going to uh, all come to a head in June because it's the Democratic primary and the Democrat basically is going to win. The phone number is 718-673-8201. That's 718-673-8201 if you want to chime in. Um, Joanna, I was this... um, so I have a family friend who's really involved in politics who gave me this number or gave, gave me the, the information to do one of these like political focus groups and you get like 150 bucks to to go on a Zoom call for like two hours. And I was interested in it and I did it. I guess that they 
in this particular uh, focus group, they were looking to talk to like college educated white men in their 40s or something because that's what the demo was it was like 15 guys uh who from a very similar demographic to me um and they're all democratic voters who live in new york city this was a few months ago before the uh, before the race really started up um but i guess they were doing research for for whichever candidate right I feel like I'm pretty left, but not like crazy far left. But man, as in comparison to the rest of the dudes on this call, I was like a full, I like Che Guevara. Like these guys were to a person, all they wanted to talk about is crime, how the city is uh, completely falling apart, how they're afraid to walk down the street. And it was really, really eye-opening because, um, like you said, my narrative, my life in New York City, I've, I feel um, um, overwhelmingly safe. I don't, f- you know, I hear some stories about gun violence, but I feel like in comparison to most cities in the country, it's pretty hard to have a get a gun. Uh, and but these, it was completely night and day the way that these guys thought of it. And so it's really interesting. Uh, to bring it back to now that uh, somebody like Eric Adams is, while he does have a background of trying to work to rein in the NYPD, is going for this narrative. And I think it really resonates with with people and a lot of their fears, a lot of their fears post-COVID. Um, and he's rising in the polls uh, and it's basically... Uh, you know, it's still early and, and undecided is the is the winner right now. But he and Yang are right at the top of the polls with this narrative. Um, OK, so I'll, I'll get your thoughts on that when we when we come back. Um, so many thoughts. Yes. Um, again, phone number seven one eight six seven three eight two zero one. I'm going to play a little bit of uh, music to clear the air and gather our thoughts, and we will uh, be right back. You're listening to Race to the Bottom. As time flies 
Thomas, the creator, has a master plan off his album Spirits Known and Unknown. Um, love that song. Not sure I um, agree theologically that the creator has a master plan, um, but song's beautiful. Um, all right, so it is May or Earl May, and... Uh, I am here with Joanna Perpich from Crime Talk BK, which is next on Radio Free Brooklyn. And we are talking about the mayoral race and specifically this narrative of uh, law and order versus uh, defund or community investment. Um, what, what are some other things that you wanted to share, Joanna? Well, I also wanted to talk about whether or not these uh, two things actually work <laughs> in the real world. Uh, so let's look at law and order first. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's working. We have had, I don't know, like many, many, many years, basically every candidate up until this race has been a law and order candidate. And where are we right now? Uh, we uh, are having a lot of protests about police brutality. Uh, We are just now trying to get rid of things like stop and frisk and profiling. And um, on top of that, we still have a pretty high crime rate, you know? And uh, so I understand the fear. And as you're saying, it's like, I do not live in a neighborhood where I am worried about getting mugged or shot. So Please take that with a grain of salt. Uh, but it seems pretty clear that we do need a change and that even if you're going to be a law and order candidate, you need to be talking about it differently. And I'm not sure if they are. Yeah, well well said. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, Eric Adams wants to bring back this special crimes unit, which had a lot to do with with stop and frisk, um, which was ostensibly a uh, policy that he fought really hard to end. So it's really interesting, and I I just wonder about the opportunism with which he is um, kind of embracing this tough-on-crime narrative, and it seems to be uh, 
garnering him some support in kind of in surprising ways, which we were talking about off mic, where we feel like a lot of times um, black and brown communities are going to be like super lefty strongholds, but it's not necessarily the case, which which Adams candidacy is also showing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we see, you know, we saw it in the presidential election where, uh, you know, in, in a lot of ways, it was Bernie's election to lose. And then we got to South Carolina and uh, moderate African-Americans kind of completely shifted the race. And I think that Eric Adams is looking to do something, uh, something similar. Uh, and there's not a whole lot of time. Uh, Morales and Wiley um are kind of trying to do this kind of unity uh um coalition between the two of them as the progressive wing it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of gather any steam or how uh ranked choice voting might might help or hurt their uh you know their their way into mm-hmm. in- and then um yeah, I don't know what Eric Adams is thinking with bringing back that task force. It's basically plain closed policemen are being put into communities uh, with the idea that they can kind of get a feel for where uh, violence is going to occur and then they can like step in, I guess. Uh, but, you know, the problem is, is that, you know, like anytime you give the police a lot of power, they tend to mess it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we'll see. Um it, that'll be interesting to watch Eric Adams if he does get elected trying to like kind of reconcile his past experiences uh, with his love of the NYPD. Um, it seems like his whole thing is, guys, I promise that this stuff works. It's just the wrong people were doing it. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that's compelling. And I don't know how he what he hasn't talked very much about how he's going to get the right people to. To, to do things. He talks in the Fresh Air interview, um, which I recommend for people to get a, a, a view of kind of how complex of a person he is. He talks about how different uh, people on a, on a police force should be doing different jobs, right? And he talks about how he would want to have a different, there's a different profile of a guy who he'd want to have go kick a door down with him on a raid than who he'd want to have de-escalate a hostage situation, right? Um, and he said you need the uh, to have the right policeman for the right job. Um, that sounds great, but how do you make that happen, right? Um, and how, if he's not willing to talk about that now, I don't see how we could trust that he's going to get into a position of power and and then be able to affect those changes from the inside, as he says that he loves to do, right? Yeah. And then, of course, on the other side, there's Morales and Wiley, uh, who are in, like, the defund camp. Yeah. And you do have to ask, um, is defunding the police something that could actually work? And um, on a smaller scale, it certainly seems to have. Um, in Eugene, Oregon... Um, some of the candidates have been throwing around this, um, but it's called cahoots. Mm-hmm. And um, what Eugene did was uh, you can call 911 and you s- say what your problem is. And then the dispatcher can either send the cahoots team or the police. And the cahoots team has like 
mental health professionals, you know, like a social worker, people like that. Uh, kind of like more of EMS yeah. style. And they can go and de-escalate a situation. Um, they can connect people with like homeless services if you need that. And so um, any quality of life call, uh, they will intercept. And they've actually been having some really good results. It's been going on for for a while, um, for at least a few years, like they had put this into effect before um, all of the protests. Yeah. And um, since then, it's picked up steam in other cities as well. You know, so I think that there is some indication to be hopeful about uh, defunding the police and reinvesting in um, like other community programs. Also, um, you know, like taking police out of schools is very pop- popular um, with some of the more lefty candidates, mm-hmm. um, which would, of course, help break the school to prison pipeline yeah uh but i can also understand where some people would be hesitant like this is going to be a big change yeah and um it is still very new and new york city is well it's not eugene oregon (laughs) (laughs) yeah well and and there was and that was kind of you know so you have somebody like morales who who's kind of uncompromising in her in her uh, progressive views, but you wonder um, whether she would have the strength to take on this entire city and and the NYPD with without a whole ton of experience. Um, also, you know, a lot of what got me thinking about this was this past year and seeing the protests that we had in in New York and the crazy behavior of of a lot of um, the the cops during the protest that de Blasio, who, you know, acted like he was on the side of, of protesters and, and wanted to rein in the NYPD, it's almost like they had something on him. Like, he wouldn't say anything, you know? He would, he was like, no, you know, there would be a SUV driving into a, a you know, a stand of protesters, and he he wouldn't call it out, you know? And so you wonder, um, once you get into this situation with the power of the police unions, if they could make somebody like de Blasio completely curtail, you wonder if you did elect somebody like Morales or, or Wiley, what they would actually be able to do and what, you know, the NYPD had zero respect for de Blasio, wouldn't lift a finger for him. How would that change if you had someone who was even further out? Yeah, it's hard. Um, you do also have to wonder what the political viability is of having like a defunding position uh, because you still you do need support of, you know, like city council and community leaders and you need at least one person in the NYPD to uh, pretend that they're listening to you. Yeah. And so there's like a chance that if she uh, was elected mayor, she would get in there and then just have a very hard time implementing any of this. Yeah. Yeah. And and then if there was any more of an uptick in crime, people would immediately or even anecdotal evidence of crime. People would say, see, it's not working. Right. And and uh, there could be a, a groundswell from from people who would say, yeah, we we need to get tough again. Right. So I think that this will be. A really wild situation, no matter who wins, 
Um, it's definitely a very thorny issue. Um, now, there's just one more thing that I wanted to say, um, because I know that we're running out of time, is that, okay, so the primaries are on June 22nd. Please vote. And uh, you still have time if you are not a registered voter. Applications must be postmarked no later than May 28th. That is May 28th. Um, you can find the information on how to do this on elections.ny.gov. And it's very easy. There's no reason not to. This really will affect your community. Every single person in New York is affected by who is mayor. Um, so, Yeah, and because, unfortunately, not very many people vote in these kind of off-presidential, you know, off-year presidential election well, what am I? You know what I'm trying to say. Not many people vote when it's not a presidential election year or ballot. Um, your vote counts even more, right? So let's get out there and uh, and try to choose what direction this city goes in. Well, and as you were saying, the primaries basically are what chooses the mayor because usually the Republican candidate doesn't have a very strong holding in New York City. Yes. Especially uh, these days. Um, so next, thank you so much, uh, Joanna, and everybody stay tuned for uh, Crime Talk BK. What do you what do you have going on on the show? We have a rerun because nice. because Megan's sick. So we're rerunning our Christmas episode. Uh, I listened to a few minutes of it just to make sure it wasn't like, I don't know, in Klingon. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about Trump. So. Nice. Christmas in May um, and mayoral May will continue uh, next week here on Race to the Bottom. And we have um, comedian John Field, who uh, you might know uh, because he does the um, he does the Andrew Yang bot uh, account, account on Twitter. That is really funny. Um, and he is great. And he wrote an article um, which friend of the show Seth Simons um, showed me uh, or alerted me to um, he's well, basically approaching he's gonna on next week's show and in in his article is approaching the the campaign from the perspective of a performer and an artist and what what kind of programs and um, uh, support will different candidates afford? artists as we kind of recover from covid um and try to build back better as uncle joe says um so that will be uh that should be fun he's a funny guy and then we have rachel c back um the following week we're we're gonna uh, i think probably a lot will be shifted by that time and then i gotta figure out who to have uh, for that last month in May, if anybody has uh, good ideas for for what guests to have to round out these five weeks, five Saturdays of May, of May or May on, on the show. Um, oh, and before I, uh, lest I forget, on Thursday is the first big debate, and it's going to be on New York One and on WNYC. Um, and you get to see all eight of these people and I'll pull some clips and, and play some of those on next week's show. Uh, all right. So 
That about does it. Thanks again, Joanna. And I will talk to you all next week. Um, Stay safe in this extremely dangerous city. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, and register to vote if you have not. Stay tuned for Crime 